0: So good to have you in the house. We've had an incredible weekend at Tableview, Malkus, and Camps Bay, and it's just been loads of fun. We, we of course, not only want to celebrate Resurrection Sunday, but to, we also wanted to have a family weekend where you get to have some fun, stay behind, and, and you'll see afterwards there's a, a bit of extra fun. Some of you have already tried the, the bull ride and whatever. Um, I, I, so So please have a go, have some fun. Um, and for new people, grab your first cappuccino. Um, and we'd love to see you this Tuesday. Uh, we've moved growth track. It's normally on a, the first Tuesday of every month, but we moved it to the second one. And the main reason is to allow anyone who's coming to an Easter service to take a next step, discover your gifts, uh, discover the heart of the church, and really get involved. So we encourage you to do that. Um, but let me, get, let me get going. 1 Corinthians 15 says, If there's no resurrection of the the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that He raised Christ from the dead, but He did not raise Him if in fact the dead are not raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are, um, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He's the first of a great harvest of all who have died. We get to celebrate that the tomb is empty. Because the tomb's empty, our life's full. But if the tomb was full, our life would be empty. We would be hopeless. We would not ha- know how to deal with temporary problems and despair. And we would not know that one day we could spend eternity in heaven. But because the tomb was empty, our life is full. We've got hope, we know we were made for a person, that's Jesus, and we were made for a place, and that is heaven. When Jesus uh, was resurrected, He not only broke the power of death, He also broke the fear of death. And many people struggle with that fear. I've no doubt in this room there'd be people who have the fear of death, but Christ has come to deal with it. You can put your life in His hands. Of course, you know that song, he holds the whole world in his, you guys know it. If he holds the whole world in his hands and you put your life in his hands, it's going to be pretty hard to run out of his hands. And you can be sure when you've put your life in his hands and you receive his forgiveness and experience his resurrection power, you too will one day rise. And one day when you do fall asleep, as Paul says, in, he calls death, you'll wake up with Christ. Will be, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Because Jesus wrote, there is life after death. And he even said it in John 11 verse 25. He promised, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though they die like everyone else, will live Again, and he did it, he rose. When you and I pass away one day, it's not gonna be rest in peace. For us in Christ, it's raised in power because resurrection power can't be held down. There's an overcoming of death on the inside of us once we've received Christ. And that's a great reason to hope. When Jesus dies and when he died, he got buried in a cave, in a tomb. He didn 't get buried six feet under. In those days, families would own tombs. Um, the whole family could be buried there, and they would roll the stone away when they were bringing another family member who had passed. and that, family, that would be a family tomb. When, when Joseph, a wealthy man, offered his tomb for Jesus' body to be laid, Caesar made sure they sealed that tomb. He would most probably used the ultimate cement. He even put Roman gods around there. And there would have been many Roman gods if you study what he had done. He didn't want Jesus' body to be stolen. He didn't want his followers to say, see, he is resurrected. So he did everything he could to stop the potential stealing of Jesus' body. Of course, the disciples, they didn't believe in resurrection. They heard Jesus make all these statements, but they hadn't seen it for themselves. So so they huddled together and they were hiding and they were fearful. But three days later, Mary Magdalene decides to go to the tomb. And when she gets to the tomb, she sees the seal has been broken. The stone was rolled away and there was no body. The grave clothes were laid neatly in the tomb. And she thinks somebody stole this body. Somebody stole Jesus' body. She then hears a voice and it's so familiar. Her name's mentioned and she's heard it before. She turns around and she sees the resurrected Christ. Jesus tells her to, to go tell the other disciples that He's alive and that He's going to see them. And Mary runs to the disciples and, and goes to where they're hiding and tells them that Jesus is alive. All of these great men and, and people of faith who were gathered together did not believe her. Um, and because they needed to see it for themselves. If you saw somebody walking down the road that was crucified three days before, um, you'd be confused Um, You'd be scared, and you probably would be excited. One thing's for sure, you'll never forget that you saw Jesus walking down that road. If He was, um, if you were there at the crucifixion. These disciples end up seeing Jesus. Um, It goes on to say, even James mentioned in Scripture, Acts 1 verse 3, for 40 days after his death, Jesus appeared to people many times in many ways that proved beyond doubt that he was alive. They saw him. He talked with them about the kingdom of God. Can you imagine the executors seeing Jesus walking down the road? The guys who spat on him, who mocked him, who beat him. I reckon it would have totally confused them and even broken some of their hearts. We really were beating the son of God. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3 says, Christ died for our sins. Just as Scripture said, he was buried and then he was raised from the dead on the third day. He was seen by Peter and then by 12 apostles. And after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time most of whom are still alive. Of course, it's written to people who are still living in that day. Though some have died by now, then he was seen by James and later all the apostles. Last of all, I saw him too. He was seen by more than 500 people. Some writers even say 900, but even 500 is a really conclusive proof That Jesus rose again. Historical books write that He was walking. And for us, we can be confident in these eyewitness accounts. Now, if you and I uh, saw Lionel Messi on the beachfront, or I saw him and I came, I said, I saw Lionel Messi. You guys would say, I'm nuts. But then James runs in and says, I also saw him. And then Dale says, I actually sat at a talk with 500 other people at Blowberg Beachfront. And then Matt says, I actually did a, a dummy through his leg. No, he didn't. then we don't believe him. But, but, but we believe the other accounts. You guys would all know. Next thing you know, we'll probably we see a photo on Facebook with the selfie. And we would all believe if 500 people said they saw Lionel Messi at Blowberg Beachfront. We can be confident in Christ's resurrection. Uh, the other day, somebody put up that there was a lion walking close to the Ghee Road area. Didn't you see that on the table, you neighbours? And then one or two people put up a photo of like dogs with really bad haircuts. that looked like lions. And some people said, yeah, it's a lion from the circus that's in town. Um, but of course, and one lady screenshot it said, has any more news about the lion? Like it was like actually, and, and people were laughing and that. Uh, But there was no proof, there was no evidence, no one else had seen the supposed line. But if somebody put a photo up um, and, and, you know what I mean, and other people started to talk about it, we would believe it. Hey, if there were more people who'd seen it, um, and we live in a world where Facebook, you know, somebody says this and that, and another person says it, we start to believe it. You and I can be confident. In Christ's resurrection, because there were more than enough witnesses, there was conclusive evidence, Christ rose. And that's why the church exploded. You had men and women huddling and hiding to being fearless, even as they faced Roman opposition. They preached the gospel, some of them even be executed, but they couldn't be stopped because their Savior has risen. And they saw Him walk the earth. We, that's why the church is so big right now, and it's unstoppable because death could not hold him down. Um, I get uh, my, Leanne. And I get given um, a holiday. Well, we actually get two weeks of it. It's actually a huge blessing from Leanne's family and and Leanne's mom's aunt, um, and of course Leanne's a medical doctor, so she she. She pays in free scripts, anyway, to this aunt. So we get timeshare given to us. It's very cool. And um, um, on this timeshare, they always have kids' clubs and the kids – play, sport, dodgeball, and soccer, and uh, being a really good Christian dad, I always point out who they shouldn't have on their team, and who's a weak player, and who they can take out. Anyway, no, but you know what I mean, it's all competitive, it's all good fun, and, and what happens is there's a guy who works there, who works there for a few years now, his name's Barry, uh, very nice guy, what, he does this all the time, halfway through the game, he always finds out what the score is. And I know what's going to happen based on who's losing. If it's an eight to four score, he says to the guys who got four, okay, I'll be on your team. And you should see the hope rise. All of a sudden, everything's changed on their team. They were hopeless. They were down in the dumps. They couldn't change it. They didn't know how to do it. But then Barry joined. It wasn't a strategy. It wasn't a way of kicking a ball. It was a person who joined their team who changed everything. We can learn from this, even as uh, the the team who said we're losing, they position themselves to receive the help they need. You and I, we are dead in our transgressions. And when we say, I'm lost, I'm dead, Jesus steps into our team. The person of Christ steps into our life, and He can totally change our life. So I'm going to speak to you quickly, just like they needed Barry to step onto their team. You and I need the resurrected Savior to step Onto our team. So the first thing they needed was a leader, and you and I need a leader. We need a real leader. We need the one who's the leader of all. We need the one who's the Lord of all. Philippians 2, verse 9 says, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I love what Mark 4 verse 41 says, Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey Him? Well, we know who He is. He's Jesus Christ. And if He is on your team and He steps into your life and He becomes the leader of your life, He can lead you through any storm and He can even tell the storm, peace be still. You and I need Jesus to be the leader of our life. What's amazing, when Jesus comes into our life and starts to lead us, His plan is to lead us to life. John 10 verse 10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. If you are on a journey with Jesus, you are on your way to life. A life of obedience following Jesus will always lead to resurrection life. The second thing they needed clearly, as they were losing, they needed a new plan. See, we might decide we're going to change the play. I, I just need a new job. I just need to change my circle of friends. And, and that's, things can be good, especially when you've got the wrong circle of friends. Well, I'm just going to wake up earlier and I'm going to run a bit more and I'm going to get the endorphins. No, no, you, you don't need a new play. You need somebody who's got a plan. You need a new plan. Jesus has got the ultimate plan for your life. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope. And a future. And because Jesus rose, we see that nothing can stop the plan that God has for your life. Death could not stop him. A sealed tomb couldn't stop him. Roman gods protecting the tomb couldn't stop him. Nothing can stop the plan of God. If you could start to let him be your leader and come into your life, you can open your life up to the plan that he has for you. And there's an artist who saw his painting. It was a painting he'd done many years ago. He saw it in an antique store. It was a painting he had done before he was famous. And this painting was broken and dirty. And he saw it and he wanted to fix it up, the frame, and wanted to restore this painting. But the only way he could do it was to buy it back. Jesus poured us with the highest price, so he could restore us and get us back on the plans that he has for us. You need to invite him into your life. Without Christ, we, are, we have a hopeless end, but with Christ, we have endless hope. No matter what your struggles in this life, they become temporary. Because we've invited the eternal Saviour into our life and we've said yes to His plan. No more pain, no more tears. One day when you'll be with Christ, you can experience everything He has for you. Our leader knows the plan. Jesus knows the plans He has for me. The third thing they needed, they needed a new player. And Barry was available. <laughs> you and I need to know that Jesus is always available. No matter where you are, where you're sitting, you can call on the name of the Lord. Scripture says those who call on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. The ultimate person to call on is Jesus. You know, when I hear of people passing in, in accidents, I always think that they, in a moment, and I pray they do, or they, I pray they did it, to, I pray they call on Jesus' name. Just shout Jesus. Because those who call in his name, they can be saved. See, God is not a man that he'd lie. And and the resurrection proves that he'll fulfill his promise. The resurrection was the ultimate promise he made to us. And he fulfilled it. If you invite Jesus into your life, you're inviting one you can truly trust. He said it. I am the resurrection and the life, and He fulfilled it. We can be yoked with Christ. We, can not, we don't have to fear death anymore because we've got Jesus in our life. A father and a son were driving down the road, and this bee came into a car. They were driving down a country road. The son actually was allergic to bees, and he freaked out. The father reached out his hand and caught the bee. And close his hand on the bee. He ends up opening his hand again and the bee flies out. The son freaks out again. This time his father puts out his hand and points his finger at the sting. And he says, son, you don't have to worry. I've taken the sting out of it. Jesus will tell you, death might come and knock on your door or seem to be flying around. But death has lost its sting because I rose from the grave... Invite me into your life. You don't have to fear your future. Four, God's solution is not to preserve the dead, but to raise the dead. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Just like Jesus called Lazarus out of a grave he'd been in for four days. He can call us out of situations where we feel dead. Like I said, He's taking the sting out of death. Death no longer can hold us down. Christ has authority over death. Death for us in Christ is just a step toward into eternity. Proverbs 24 verse 16 says, For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. Jeremiah 8 verse 4. This is what the Lord says. When people fall down, do they not get up? Micah to, his, to the enemy say, Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Maybe you're going through a terrible season. But in Christ, you can rise above the circumstances. You don't have to keep your head down. Um, you don't have to always think what you're going through is your future. Your future is actually resurrection. And it's not something you just look forward to one day when you die. It's something you can experience right now. The fifth thing that we can learn today is we don't need someone to fix us up. We need someone to raise us up. And in Christ, because of the cross, because of of the resurrection, you and I know that heaven awaits. When we face hard times, we know that they're temporary. We do not see life as others see life. We don't go, this is my life. No, no, this isn't my life. There's more to life than this life. It's called eternal life. And we see it now for what it is. All of a sudden, this life becomes an opportunity. We're not trying to get everything out of this life because we're going to spend all of our eternity in eternal life. We're going to be present with the Lord. Why would we fight to get everything out of this life when God's actually promised us a greater life? Then what's this life about? Well, we are served by God. We receive peace and forgiveness. We can bring that into our world. There's a massive opportunity that awaits those who have resurrection power because they don't try to... To just live in this moment they know that they're living forever so they make the most of the moment they're generous they're others focused they're not intimidated by the temporary and they're not insecure about the temporary because they're secure in the eternal God raises your point of view. I love how God, Scripture says in Romans, that He He um, He transforms our minds. You know, He takes us from a caterpillar to a butterfly. What does a caterpillar do? Well, it gets over things. What does a butterfly do? It rises above it. You don't just need to get over the temporary; you can rise above the temporary. You can see it in a whole different way. You say, "That's cool," but God, there's an opportunity to reach somebody. There's an opportunity to pray for somebody. There's an opportunity to build into a next generation. There's an opportunity to sow a seed because whatever I give, whatever you for God in the temporary, I get to enjoy in the eternal. I'm not going to spend my life in things where moth and rust can can you get to my life. I'm going to plant my life in eternal things in the kingdom of God. Resurrection gives your life a whole new meaning. Resurrection gives your life a whole new direction. Previously, you were trying to find your way on earth and now you know you're making your way to heaven a lot of people get stuck trying to find their way on earth there's no no way if you find the one who is the way you'll find that he's helping you get to heaven he's he's helping you step into eternity Um, this life is a blessing don't try to make it eternal it is the temporary season have fun in it but focus on the eternal we can look forward to being resurrected we can look forward to rising above the circumstances been in meetings that maybe are stressful, but we don't react. We respond because we have an eternal mindset. I was made for a person. His name is Jesus. I was made for a place and that place is heaven. Philip Brooks says that every man and woman count himself immortal. Let him catch the revelation of Jesus in his resurrection. Let him say not merely Christ is risen, but I shall rise. You don't have to just point to historic resurrection you can point to your season now and speak resurrection power over it. This marriage is going to rise to a whole new level. Jesus is going to touch my marriage. My children are going to rise. They're going to be the head and not the tail in Jesus' name. This business is going to be a godly business. God's going to use it to see people say, speak, point to your future with resurrection power. Romans 8 verse 11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give you life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. The Message Version says, If the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, He'll do the same thing in you that He did in Jesus. Bring you alive to Himself. When God lives and breathes in you, you are delivered from that dead life. Are you down in the dumps? Are you just living through days and your life feels dead? You don't have to live like that. You can be delivered from that dead life right now by changing your mindset about what you made for. You were made for heaven. You were made for heaven. Enjoy the temporary, but you were made for heaven. Once you change your mindset, you'll also realize that you're a resident alien. Now some people get so caught up in the identity. This is where I'm from. And yes, I'm, I love South Africa, but I'm a resident alien. What do you mean by that? Well, I'm a, a child of God. I'm destined for heaven. I'm an alien on earth. We're changing our mindset. Because Jesus rose, I will rise. We can rise from defeat. We can rise from brokenness. We can rise up from addictions. Uh, we can rise above um, our physic, uh, the, the problems we face in the physical because the same power that conquers the grave lives in me. So what's our response? Number six, our task is not to get up, but to admit we are dead. And so when a Barry used to come, the kids were sure they didn't all realize. Like, The key to get Barry on your team was to acknowledge that you're about to lose. <laughs> we're losing. Okay, I'll come on your team. And I'm not trusting that you lose, but I also need to make you aware that to say that you don't have sin is to lie. We're all sinners. We're all dead in our transgressions. And we need to actually acknowledge that. And we need to say we're dead. Because a lot of us try to go, I'm, I'm sort of dead. I'm a, I'm a good person. I'm a, I'm a middle class citizen. I I'm a, I'm a sin, but I'm not a bad person. No, sin is sin. You need to call it what it is and shout out to the one who can resurrect you. i dead in my transgressions. I can't pay the price of my sin. The wage of sin is death. I can't pay that. And then God says, Jesus, you go in there and you die so they can live. If you live, they'll die. But if you die, they will live. Take their place. Jesus comes to pay a debt he didn't owe because we had a debt we could not pay. And we cry out to the one who paid the debt. The wage of sin is debt, but the gift of God is eternal life. James 4 verse 6 says, But He gives us more grace. This is, this is what Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favour to the humble. God, I need you. Romans 10 verse 13, For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want to encourage you to call on His name. I don't know where you are today in your heart. And maybe you've never actually in your heart cried out to the Saviour who paid for everyone's sin, who conquered death. You know, Friday, Jesus dies. The disciples would have been in total shock. How could this happen? I know He said these things, but but how could this happen? How do they deal with the Friday of pain, of grief and shock with the resurrected Sunday? Then they have Saturday, it's the unknown, it's the middle. How do you deal with seasons where you're in the middle, where nothing's changed? With the resurrection Sunday. There might be Fridays that come your way, of grief and sadness. There might be Saturdays of unknown seasons. But all you need to focus on is the Sunday that He rose again. And you'll get through any of those days. You wanna close your eyes quickly? Maybe that's you. You need to call on His name tonight. You need to shout and say, I'm dead, God, in my transgressions. Will you forgive me of my sins? He'll take your place. Because the tomb is empty, our hope is full. If that's you, I'd love to lead you in a prayer where you ask Him to forgive you of your sins and ask Him to be the leader of your life, the Lord of your life. Do you want me to include you in that prayer? Why don't you just give me a wave right now with every eye closed out of respect. Just give me a wave and say that's me Andre. I need to pray that prayer. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone Just give me a wave and say that's me. Include me in that prayer. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? Just pop your hand up. God bless you. God bless you. I don't want to miss out. If there's anyone else in the room, God bless you. Thank you Jesus. Let's pray. Let's. You might not have put your hand up. Many people have. You might not have put it up but you want to pray that prayer let's pray together Jesus thank you for paying the price for my sin I am dead in my transgressions will you forgive me of my sins today I want to receive the free gift of salvation and eternal life I confess that you are the son of God I believe in my heart God raised you from the dead. Because of this confession and this belief, the Bible says that I'm saved, that I'm changed, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's just give Jesus thanks and praise this place. Um, have we got any team we can open up the side to awesome. Can I have everyone look just to your right? If you prayed that prayer, you maybe put your hand up, maybe you didn't. If you, we have men and women counsellors, we'd love to pray with you. Just you going there say, say, I prayed that prayer, I recommitted or I made a first time commitment. We'd love to help you take the next step. If you need any prayer in any way, you can also make your way to the room.